0: Welcome to the Radiant Mission Podcast. My name is Rebecca Toomey and I'm here with my amazing co-host and sister, Rachel Smith. We are on a mission to encourage and inspire others as they navigate through this life and with the relationship with Christ. We are a faith-based podcast, so approach all issues from a biblical lens. And we've been talking quite a bit about health and mental health lately. And today's episode is a continuation of last week's episode, episode number 20 with Carrie Flanagan. Today, we will be diving back into the conversation about the sun and how the sun can help to heal us and our bodies. Now, as a disclaimer, this is not medical advice and this episode or in any of the episodes, Uh, we are not providing medical advice. So please be sure to consult a physician or a medical or healthcare provider for any advice about your individual health. Without further ado,
1: let's jump right into part two with Carrie Flanagan. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I mean, I live in an area where I, I don't want to say I only get sun for X amount of months, but I don't have it for the entire year. Um, But the beautiful thing about the body and the intelligence of the body is that if you don't live in an area where you're getting vitamin D year round, your body will know that. So when you are absorbing this vitamin D throughout the months where you do have it, your body will store reserves to feed off of during the months where you don't have vitamin D. Um, But even, I mean, just like with with you, with your infertility, like I would never say that oh, well, the vitamin D healed me of all of my, um, histamine reactions because I was also taking, I was taking a disgusting amount of supplements with the mitochondria specialist to the point where I was like, if I have one, if I am given one more pill, (laughs) I am going to lose my mind. I feel that. (laughs) So even when you're in the, uh, even even in the naturopathic medicine too, that in and of itself can also become burdensome as well because it's take this supplement and that supplement. And it's like, hey, why can't we figure out a way to just simplify this? Because I don't feel like it needs to be this complicated. Mm. And when I was looking up histamine issues, I was looking up vitamin K and I learned that beef liver has a ton of vitamin K in it. So I ordered beef liver, dry tablets. I'm not, ta- I'm not eating the real thing. Although that is like the best recommendation. I can't do it. I just yeah. can't. I can just, barely,
2: I can uh, barely take the capsules without, Oh dying, yeah. let alone a chunk of liver. Yep.
1: Yeah. And when I started taking those tablets, I call them like the miracle pills because within context though, because I was taking two beef liver tablets three times a day And I actually developed vertigo because it was too much. It was Mm. too, too, it was too nutrient dense. Mm. And that's why I'm so heavy on context because there's all these people, all the gurus on social media saying, Hey, you should take beef liver. Okay. But ancestrally speaking, we really have evolved so far from that type of diet that to expect your body to be able to metabolize that much nutrient dense minerals that many can wreak havoc on the body. Mm. So I was taking That's a, a lot of, yeah. So I was taking a lot of antihistamine supplements with the mitochondria specialist, but they weren't doing enough for me, at least not to my satisfaction. So when I looked up the beef liver pills, I would take those um, instead. And it is a morning and night difference. Like if I ever find my histamine reactions as of today are pretty much gone. But if I do find that I eat something um, and I take those beef liver pills, that the swelling of my throat almost instantaneously goes away.
0: Wow. Yeah. wow. So there's something, some nutrient inside of beef liver. That's yeah. exactly what your body needs, be it the vitamin K or yep. the B12
1: or something. Yeah. And it's, it's really fascinating to me when I look at medicinal practices because I, because of my experience and because of all the things that I've tried, all of the regimens, all of the supplements, all of the protocols. My question that I'm always trying to ask is how can I do like with like, meaning hmm. how can I have something that is already inside of my body? So my body knows how to basically like quote, unquote read it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So I have a liver mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let me try putting a liver like with like, like beef liver with my liver and see if my body can actually like read the instructions of this. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And I, I mean, context, right. But what I would say to anybody listening, if they do have histamine reactions, that is also something to consider and to do your research on, because I have found it to be extraordinarily helpful, especially when you combine it with the vitamin D light. Mm
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, ancestral supplements, that's their thing. Carrie, you probably already know this like with yeah. like, yeah, yeah. They have almost every single body part from an animal and it's yeah. you take that animal's liver, let's say beef liver yeah, yeah. to feed your liver and to heal your liver. Cause our livers in today's world are very tired. Yeah. <laughs> we are trying to Process out so many toxins yeah. and just icky stuff that it makes sense that sometimes our livers need a little bit of extra support. Mm-hmm. So, to me, in my mind, as someone who also suffers with allergy histamine type of issues, at least, yeah, or in a good place right now, yeah, yeah. Part of what I took too was beef liver. So, that's interesting because I didn't put that together with some of my allergy stuff either. But I I guess I should mention that for those listening, I went through a journey for two, almost three years to figure out an allergy that I was having anaphylactic reactions to just random one day. I had this reaction, had to end up going to the hospital and they, you know, give you epinephrine and high doses of Benadryl when you're there. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. First of all, y'all know, I don't like going to the hospital. So wasn't a big <laughs> fan of that. And then getting pumped with all these drugs that I don't even know what they are. Yep. Yep. And you know, I went to an allergist that mm-hmm. literally said to me, you're never going to figure out what's wrong with you. You're just a highly allergic person because on my panels, I was coming back allergic to so many things, but then guess what? I figured it out and I figured it out all by myself. Exactly. <laughs> but see, that's, that is
1: my I look at anybody who I'm paying for a service. I'm hiring you, right? Exactly. I'm like I, I am, I am hiring you to work on my behalf, but not in a sense of um, just give me the answers, but to also empower me. So I don't need you anymore. Yes. And yes. That, that is my biggest bone of contention with whoever you're working with, whether it's a therapist or a practitioner or a specialist, I don't care who it is it's how are you feeling when you're having your sessions with them or when you're having the conversations? Like, are they empowering you? Are they diminishing you? Are they gaslighting you? Like we, we have been programmed for so long to look at these institutions and these practices and these practitioners as if you don't know you. And I'm not belittling practitioners. Like, We need medicine. We need practitioners. But at the same time, it needs to be a hand in hand type of situation versus, well, I have the letters after my name and you don't. So I know better than you. Mm. But how is that? how is that honestly like mathematically possible when I've lived inside of my body and you never have?
0: Exactly. Rachel and I talked about this a lot when we talked about birth, because we know that that's a big space where yeah, there's a lot of pushing today
1: are, Uh, they, they have
0: the
2: God complex. That's like, like you were just saying with, with the birth world, Mm -hmm. it's I, I am currently a little raw about this now that yeah. I am in a pregnancy and I've had highly medicalized births before. Yeah. Yeah. And because of my journey, very similar to Rebecca's in the past few years, I'm like, I'm going to walk a different path. Yeah, And now I'm educated on, like you just said, we are the ones in charge of what happens to our body. We are hiring, whether it's you know, a do- a doctor, a therapist or an OB or whatever we are hiring you. But yeah. what I just experienced recently mm-hmm. as I interviewed an OB, yeah. I was, I was there to interview them. They yeah. thought I was there because I need someone to help me have my baby <laughs> or have my baby for me. Little especially. did they
0: know yeah, they were literally
2: like, <laughs> the nurse literally asked me a question. Oh, she was like asking me a bunch of questions to answer up front. Like, Yeah. All this stuff. And she's like, and you plan to have your baby at this hospital. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, um, we'll see. Yeah. I was 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 like, here we go again. (laughs) But I was like, I was like, yeah, if it works out that way. And she goes, what do you mean? And I'm like, a lot of things can change. (laughs) I don't know. I'm only like, Nine weeks pregnant right now. Like, what do you, what, but what's funny and what I kind of wanted to get at of, yeah, like Rebecca bringing up, you know, doctors in the, the birth world. Yeah. Is I made it very clear as I interviewed this OB who is apparently the most VBAC friendly practice in my area that yeah. they are the people to go to if you want a V VBAC. And I said, I am looking for a a practitioner that will support me to VBAC. Yeah. This is what I want. And it's, so yeah. I was, and I was very informed. She could see it, the questions I was asking, the things yeah. I was refusing to have injected into me. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, um, and <laughs> even so much of they kept asking me yeah. if I would consent to a blood transfusion. And I was like, Why do I have to consent to that today? Like, I don't know. I'm not gonna talk about that right now. But anyway, I I think I was raising some red flags of someone who knew too much. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, and this like really opened my eyes to like even more what the medical system thinks of themselves now. Yeah. Is she said, well. I know that some of my partners at this practice would not be comfortable delivering you. So you would, your only option would be for another C-section for us. Girl, you asked too many questions. We will and,
0: not be comfortable delivering and me,
2: your baby. Right. And me you knowing, open, tape your mouth shut. Right. And me knowing like, oh this is my body and this is, mm. I'm the person in control here, even though yeah. doctors will mm-hmm. make you think otherwise.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I I asked why that is, mm-hmm. and she essentially said, like this is the honest answer she gave me mm-hmm. is there is not enough studies to show evidence that V-backing for my particular circumstance would be safe. She could think of one study and It was relatively small, about a hundred women. And the outcome showed that it would be fine, but they're not because of that small size of one study. They're not comfortable. She kept using that word comfortable. And so I said, okay, well, what would happen if I showed up at the hospital in labor? Right. (laughs) Nobody nobody would deliver me. (laughs) And... (laughs) I told Rebecca afterwards that I feel like this lady was writing in her chart, like Regina George in the burn book, do not trust this ugly yeah, <laughs> Because I could see what her is... demeanor change. And she said to me, if that's your plan, I suggest <laughs> you find a practice that is more comfortable with you. Oh my god because it's not fair to put a doctor who's on call into a situation that they're not comfortable with. And so I walked away from this interview yeah. with this doctor. Like wow. Yeah. She just made it blatantly clear. Yeah. Doctors don't give a crap about no, the comfort of me, the no. mother who has a baby living inside their body that has to come
0: out all they care about is their own comfort that's what they care about what about the question one of the questions that you asked was about a gentle cesarean <laughs> go with tell
1: us they about were that.
3: probably
0: right. like code we got a red flagger here <laughs> <laughs> gentle cesarean okay Get so
2: maybe the here. nice me being the nice person that I was. And I clearly saw in this conversation, in this room mm. that she didn't want anything to do with me. And I didn't want anything to do with her, mm-hmm. but I'm a pleasant person. And, and so she did say, she's like, I'm sorry, this is just the way it is. And I'm like, <laughs> I
0: appreciate, I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate, <laughs> I'm honest. I, cracking up at I appreciate that you appreciate me, but I'm out of here. Yes.
2: I'm like I appreciate your honesty and then I was like okay well I'm going to entertain so let's say I choose your practice to cut me open and have a c-section because that is still my choice of who does that I was like how do you guys feel about gentle cesareans and she goes tell me what you think a gentle cesarean <laughs>
1: This woman was probably so thrown uh, yeah. by your questions because, I mean, it's it's I I have I have such a hard time with this whole system because a part of me really does feel very sorry for the people in it for the physicians in it because, like I I have friends who are doctors. I have friends who are PAs. I have friends who are RNs and they're just caught in this wheel of insanity. Like it's just insane. I mean, there, and there's no, like, there's no partnership. There's no partnership happening between this barrier of I am the doctor and you are the patient. And Mm -hmm. I, it's very sad to witness because I mean, my, my dream, my biggest dream is to be able to create a system that is actually holistic and it's this beautiful, cohesive.
0: I was just going to say, Carrie, that there is a revolution happening right yeah. now in medicine. And I know you can feel it. I know Rachel can too.
1: Yeah. I
0: hope those listening can feel it too. But here's the thing that's amazing. If a doctor like this doctor that Rachel visited yeah. can say, no you are not a good patient for me. Yeah. You don't make me feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Then listeners remember this. You can do the same thing. Yes. Somebody doesn't feel good to you. If they are not aligned with your beliefs, Mm -hmm. then they're not the right practitioner for you. And that might mean you have no practitioner for a little while. Yeah. But that's where we have to lean into the Lord and into faith that he's going to bring us to the right Mm -hmm. people if needed in our lives, but I see something amazing happening. Like you're saying, Carrie with this holistic kind of journey, because where are else are people going to go? Like you said, we still do need some things out of medicine, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: you know, but there's so much ancient wisdom from folks that even native American folks here in our country, had yeah. so much knowledge about plants and herbs. Yeah. And I mean, you could say the same for basically any nationality. There are going to be elders within that society that know things. Us here in America, we're throwing it all away for these yeah. pill bottles. But here's the thing. I was actually thinking about this in the shower just today. We haven't done an episode on pharmacia yet. I would like us to do that. And maybe this is our intro to (laughs) pharmakia, but something that I've learned about it is that it literally is sorcery or witchcraft Mm -hmm. in the sense that you can take it, but you don't know what the outcome is going to be for you. Specifically, as an individual, Mm -hmm. every person's individual DNA is different. All of us are different. We could take the same pill, and it's going to impact our body. However, it impacts our body, Mm -hmm. and so it's something to remember that even for me, right? Like I could take a Benadryl when I'm having an anaphylactic reaction, and it could save me from that anaphylactic reaction and bring it bring down, you know, the swelling but what did I just trade that for? Exactly. Exactly. What Now what, you know, Yeah. and some drugs, yeah. it may not be big. The trade-off might not be big, yeah. but sometimes you don't know what your trade-off is going to be. You could be trading off for liver problems, for yeah. liver dysfunction, for cancer, for heart disease. Mm-hmm. You don't know what it is that you are trading that little piece of sorcery for. And I want to give a big one because this is one that Rachel and I have been talking about a lot, and that is off-label drugs. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of drugs that are used off-label for pregnant Mm -hmm. women. And one of those is Zofran. They give women Zofran for nausea. Rachel has been up against this. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. do I take it? Do I not take it? And I'm not telling anybody what to do or to take or not to take it.
3: Right.
0: But the studies that we do have on it show that it can cause deformations in babies that are developing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not being used the way that it's supposed to be used, but it just so happens that it works. And so right. it's, are we willing to take that risk? And most of us are so, uh, what's the word? We're like, so programmed to yes. the inserts. Yes. that doesn't yes. even matter. I remember when I was at this point where I was like, Gonna read this, you know, this four-page document that's attached to this pill (laughs) bottle. I'm not reading this, I don't care. It doesn't matter. My doctor gave me this prescription, I'm going to take it. Mm -hmm. How many years did I do that? 15 years of my life where I didn't think about it. And then once you wake up to it, yeah, as my daughter would say when someone's sleeping on the couch,
3: wake up.
2: (laughs) That's like that's like another. You know, drug is things that are injected into us. Yes. Without using the word that would possibly get us censored. I have had reactions to those since I was a child. Mm -hmm. And I was just talking about this with my husband recently. Here we go
3: again.
1: Here we go. And um,
2: I was telling him what happened to me. And I was reliving it like, isn't this crazy? When I was 17, um, I'll just use the name Gardasil, Yeah, you know, vaccine that is still on the market today. Mm-hmm. When I was a teenager, it had just come out and we don't really know what studies they right. did. I mean, right. you, you have a background in epidemiology, so I'm sure yep. you kind of have... An idea of what goes into something coming to market yeah, yeah when I got that first injection, I was seventeen years old. My mother was not with me, and she didn't wow. consent to it. I consented wow. to own at a family practice doctor at a well visit, and because she was like cervical wow. cancer, this that like yeah. I wasn't reading an insert or right. side effects or had any idea I was like, okay oh like I was also extremely mentally ill. Like, I should have been making any decision.
3: <laughs> I'm, uh, not, I'm laughing at Rebecca laughing at
1: you.
0: <laughs> I'm also extremely mentally ill. <laughs> yeah. Boy, anybody would let me make any decisions for myself. You not
2: let me do anything. You have a good oh my sense of humor about my past. So she injected me with this in the second that plunger went into my arm. Yeah. I started feeling lightheaded. I was like, Oh, I feel lightheaded.
1: Wow.
2: And she was like, Oh, just, you know, come to the front desk whenever you feel ready to make your appointment for the next one because you got to get three of these. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs>
0: <sighs> hurry
1: up and to get to the desk, and make your next appointment. You got to come back. Yeah. Right, and you're like passed out on the ground. Right. <laughs> she almost <laughs> was
2: where I was at the front desk a few minutes later and this is the only time I've ever experienced this in my life. Mm-hmm. I start feeling my periphery closing in on me and going yeah. black and my ears on fire. And I'm like, what is happening to me? And the next thing I know, I'm waking up on the floor of the waiting room. Cause that's where the desk was. And my doctor and the nurse are standing over me freaking out like on their faces was they looked scared and there's a waiting room full of people and I just passed out in -hmm. front of all of them yeah as a teenager (laughs) and and, uh the doctor's like we got to get her to a bed and they like rush me back into a room so I was explaining this the other night to my husband like reliving it like isn't this weird to go through Mm -hmm. as a teenager Mm -hmm. that my mom never even knew about it. that This happened with a a doctor Mm -hmm. and they get me to a bed and they said, this is what they said to me. I will not, I'm not even kidding you. Mm -hmm. You must have an aversion to needles. And so you fainted. And I was like, it couldn't be from the, what was injected into me. And she's like, no, no, that doesn't cause that.
1: okay
2: that's what's on the side effects today 20 years later a side effect is fainting and I was one of those (laughs) guinea pigs that was tested on Rachel was
0: the trial
2: so so this is what just to kind of play into what we're all talking about yeah yeah this is what we kind of mean when it's you're trading something. I thought, Oh, I don't want to get cervical cancer one day. So I should get this injection. Yeah. And then there is a, a side effect of it depriving my brain of oxygen and overloading it. And Mm -hmm. I don't know the long-term effect of that on my brain. Right. But I do know that this specific injection has Mm -hmm. faced lawsuits because many women were not as fortunate as me and died instantly
0: or within days or weeks. So, yeah, Yeah. I think something that all of us can kind of take away from this conversation is looking at those that are older in our communities, that what is it that they're suffering from? It's dementia and Parkinson's Alzheimer's or dementia. And they're, you know, obviously the brain is going to degrade over time. So perhaps part of what happens is natural. But I'd like to believe that all of these pills that we are taking, you know, they contribute to our neurological health too. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things that we're taking are disrupting us neurologically, or like, for example, if you're on hormonal birth control, Yeah, it's impacting your hormones enough that now it's messing with you psychologically. So it is impacting you from a neurological perspective. And a lot of times, then they say, "Okay, now go on an antidepressant." So now you're taking that, which those are known to cause dementia and you know memory issues and things like that. So, Mm -hmm. moral of the story is, is it worth it? Yeah. What is the trade off? And this isn't me trying to say like get off all your medications and mm-hmm. live free, but it also is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like know. you have to do what's right for yourself and your body. And some people are on things that they feel very dependent on is, is it serving your body the way that God intended it to be served? Are you, you know, are you feeling the healthiest version of yourself or yeah, is this a moment to kind of step back and go, you know, I, uh, actually could really just benefit from the rays of the sun. Let's add that into my, yeah into my day. Yeah. And it's a small thing, but I mean, I want to go back to your story, Carrie, because mm-hmm. you completely transformed your life by literally changing your sleep habits. Um, so waking yep. with the sun rising and you know, going to sleep with the sun, Mm -hmm. getting more sunlight and changing your diet and some of your supplements Mm -hmm. that it's those three things basically. And, and I, you were obviously walking and moving and getting outside and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. And, and I, (laughs) yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, even just in, in general, like what you, Rebecca and you, Rachel were saying is that. know the cost of what it is that you're doing, regardless of what it is, the cost of getting up with the sun or the cost of taking like even something as simple as a uh, beef liver, you know, it's, it is talked about so much now that being like the miracle pill, but the thing is, what is it for your body? Like for my yep. body, yep. my body was, I'm going to give you dizziness if you give this to me, uh, three times a day with two tablets. So, Mm -hmm. because it's so extraordinarily dense in minerals. Mm -hmm. And even when you think about like, um, Dr. Cassie Huckabee has said this before, and it really stings (laughs) because she'll say, did you actually want to heal? Or did you just want the symptoms to go away? mm. And I'm like, ow, Mm. that really hurts. That really (laughs) hurts. Like that burns. Um, because it's a question that I ask myself all the time. It's like, do I actually, do I really want to heal or do I just want my symptoms to go away? And I, if I'm being honest, I think it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think it's, it's one or the other. And at the same time, it's, it's about understanding, like, what is medicine for you and how can you very teeny tiny and small bite-sized steps start implementing things that are medicine for you like what does it feel like how do you feel if you were to wake up with the sun how does it feel to let the sun's light into your eyes in the morning like do you feel good do you feel light do you feel heavy like it's it's about tuning in because for me it's not lost on me at all when i was learning about the hospitalization of birth because Rockefeller was the one who spearheaded that movement and I could go on for 5,000 years about that, but tell us a little
0: bit about that for those that might not be familiar. So
1: Rockefeller, um, Oh, did we lose right? Did we lose Rebecca? No,
2: she just went off screen. She's oh, okay. probably just holding one of her babies right now.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry. You're being a mom. <laughs> I was opening my blinds because it was, dark. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: um, I was
2: leaning.
3: that everything.
0: sometimes though, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, usually when my camera goes off and comes back on and there's oh,
1: okay, a number okay. of children in here. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so I learned about this in epidemiology and it blew my mind and I've never, I've never forgotten it. So Rockefeller founded the hospitalization of birth because he said to himself, if I can get the hospitalization of birth, I can have the, I can start the medical industry. So just let that sink in, like let that sink in for a moment of, if I can get this to work, I will, my slip and slide, if you will, will be through women. And just dollar signs, dollar signs. Exactly. Right. So when they started doing the hospitalization of birth, they demonized midwives, hardcore. Like they told women, if you have your baby via a midwife, your baby will die. And the way that I picture it in my mind is that scene from Beauty and the Beast, when Gaston was trying to scare the villagers of the beast. And he's like showing them the mirror. And he's like, Unfortunately, it caught the beast in a bad time, and the beast was like (laughs) roaring or whatever. And there was like saliva dripping from his mouth. (laughs) Like, it was not a good look. Um,
2: (laughs) He couldn't have been going to the
1: bathroom or something. (laughs) (laughs) Not a good look. Not a good look. Um, So, they demonized the midwives, and they like straight up just put a doctor into a room and said, birth the baby. Like there was no education on this. So the minute they started to hospitalize births, the infertility, the, um, not infertility, the child mortality, the, not the infant mortality, but the females, the women were dying Mm -hmm. suddenly after birth. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking like within 30 to an hour, like 30 minutes to an hour, because for people listening, um, You have to understand that back then, for us in the modern day world, it's common sense of, oh, if I touch a dead body, I should wash my hands. But back then, that was not a common practice. So they had the physicians, the OBGYNs, in a room next to the labor and delivery room. They would go into these other rooms where there were cadavers, cadavers are dead bodies. They would touch the dead bodies then they would go into the labor and delivery room insert their fingers into the women and the women would die momentarily of sepsis and they couldn't they literally could not figure out why they were not able to put two and two together of oh i'm touching a dead body that now my hand has bacteria on it and now i'm going to transfer that to the woman and the babies weren't dying it was just the moms so there was this doctor God bless this man's soul, Dr. Ignaz Sammelweis. He was observing the doctors and he said to them, Hey, you're, you're killing these women because you're touching a dead body. And then you're inserting your fingers into these women and they're dying. They're dying of sepsis. And the doctors just like they lambasted this guy and they threw him into an insane asylum and he died. He died in there. So When you go into, whether it's a naturopathic doctor's office, any type of physician's office, and you see the sink there, just know that that's from Dr. Ignaz. Like he's the reason why there's sinks in the rooms. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when you look at like what the world that we're in right now, there seriously is nothing new under the sun.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm So you come out, like I'm I'm coming out of the, the forest here, like peeping my like in the Simpsons, like just like peeping mm-hmm. my head through the bushes being like, sunscreen's bad. You should just go out in the sun. And then mm-hmm. I'm just going back behind the bush. <laughs> um, that's deemed as insanity. Yeah. Like, why would you do that? But the thing is, it's because you don't have, you don't have enough evidence right now that allows you to feel comfortable with the discomfort of basically amnesia. Like that's the way that I look at it. We're, we're programmed from birth to forget who we are yeah and so if you can have that amnesia strong enough and loud enough i mean i'm not i'm not praising this man by any means but hitler said it hitler said through constant fear and repetition you can have a man believing that hell is heaven and heaven is hell mm. and that's just the way that our psyches work like if i tell yeah. you day in and day out the sky is green it's green And I give you all the articles, you're eventually going to believe it, even though you're thinking I would never believe that, Mm -hmm. but you will, because Mm -hmm. if I, if I stuff you full of fear and propaganda, and I just repeat it over and over and over again, your brain is the computer that will eventually be like, Hey, they keep saying this. So because they keep saying it, it must be the truth.
0: Yeah. And that's why we call it the machine, right? Like the machine that feeds the people that feed yeah. technology and the machine being all of the media channels mm-hmm. and all of those at the top that make all of the money that push down all yeah. of the agendas and whatnot, you know, it feeds this beast because I'll tell you, there is no money to be had mm-hmm. on vitamin D from the sun.
1: None. <laughs> no Literally money to be none. had. Yeah. And that
0: is why there is a conscious effort to dim the sun That's right? <laughs> and That's right. to put things and elements in the way of the sun. That is mm-hmm. a natural and free healer for us. And if we yeah. can get healing from the rays of the sun and we don't need pharmacia, then, you know,
1: I mean, even if you were out. to, even if you were to observe, uh, let's say you have a house pet and you observe where your house pet or chickens if you have any type of animal, observe where they are throughout the day, because if you observe, uh, I'll use a dog as an example in your house, your dog will move and position its body where the sun is coming in through the house. And just consistently like they've, they've like done studies on this and it's really fascinating because even the dogs know,
3: mm-hmm. like I literally
2: even- have a cat laying next to me right now because my window is open and the sun is shining on the bed and he's laying in the (laughs) sunshine from the
1: window. (laughs) See, like even it's nature is forever telling you the truth. Yeah, It's just a matter of whether or not we're stopping long enough to observe. Um, Exactly. And I think that this is
0: kind of the journey that Rachel and I have been sharing over the last couple episodes. And now this one with your story yeah. is it's not until we really understand or seek to understand our bodies the way that God created them Yeah. until we are able to see, whoa, what what is going on here? Yeah. This body, human body is so intricately made that yep. all of my hormones depend on X, Y, Z. And if I do this, then this will happen. And if I do that, then this could happen. It definitely, unfortunately, sometimes takes us suffering first yeah. before we can get to that point. And I think that's, what can be so hard about talking about health, right? Carrie is like, oh, yeah. some people don't want to hear it. They don't care because they don't, it doesn't relate to their particular suffering or they don't know yeah. that they're suffering
3: yeah.
0: necessarily the way that maybe someone on the outside might be able to go, mm-hmm. Ooh, you're taking hormonal birth control. I can tell how that's impacting you. But until that person has had enough that that's not that's the time that they'll seek
1: yeah take. and i yeah and i i think there's also this role of too much information and people don't know like we don't know how to discern anymore of like what really is true because like every like if you do if you research enough the ketogenic diet is what you should do and if you research enough Intermittent fasting is what you should do or the Wim Hof theory, like all of these things that are now becoming um, mainstream, which is beautiful. Like I'm, I'm glad that there are um, wonderful practices that are becoming, they're not buzzwords anymore. Like they're actually conversations that people are having, but it becomes very hard um, to know like what, what is medicine for me, Carrie? Mm Mm-hmm like what is medicine for me? And I think that that requires like, it's a computer. So you're a computer runs diagnostics. So the way that I can, um, mentor somebody in that would be do something and see how you feel. Mm. Like, do you actually feel energized by doing that? Does it, does it feel good for you? But that in and of itself also has to be in context because, we're also a dopamine addicted society, so we're not really used to like, oh, I actually have to have grit, and oh, I actually sometimes things may be uncomfortable for me, mm-hmm. but even in like my practices it's not it's not necessarily normal <laughs> <laughs> to wake up with the sun and go to bed with the sun like yeah if Carrie looking- goes
0: to bed crazy early. I can't text you after like six p m It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like you become the freak, you yeah. know. So it's like there's See so much. Four a.m. <laughs> yeah, right. Like or taking an ice bath. Like I don't wake up and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I love taking an ice bath because everything in me is screaming to get out of that tub. You know, Carrie. The first time I ever took an ice bath was when I did
0: um, a tough mutter. And yeah. they have this part that you go in and you're like forced to go in under the water because you have yeah. to go under the water in order to like get into this little cage. Oh when I gosh. got out of that, yeah, I felt like my heart was going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most intense yeah, stress I've put on my body mm-hmm. in a long time. But, that, but it's probably good for
1: you, right? <laughs> well, see that—that that is why it's so important because to understand your body, because just because Wim Hof is doing it, it doesn't (laughs) actually mean that it would be good for you. Like personally, because have you gone through a lot of trauma recently? Are you dealing with a lot of anxiety? I don't know if putting your body under an increased heightened level of stress right now would be beneficial for you. Like it depends on everybody's body. And where were you when I was drinking a gallon of water a day? You should have talked me out of it.
0: Oh, you know what? I saw it on your stories and I was like, I don't want to be that
1: person. You, just, that-
0: you did help me though. You were like, girl, put something in that water. Yeah, Stop drinking it or straight, something. Yeah. I,
2: I kept saying the same thing too.
0: Yeah. You, you two both tried to help me. Some people you can't help. You know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling very,
2: yeah. I'm feeling very inspired right now by this, like, you're sharing of waking up with the sun and everything. Yeah. I'm going to Mexico next week for my anniversary with my husband. Oh my God. Here we like, go again. Here we go again. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to say to him one other day <laughs> because I'm really struggling right now since I'm pregnant and I'm yeah. on the cusp of being in the second trimester. Yeah, I am so sick, like from nausea. Aww. Like it's been so bad. My entire life has fallen apart, <laughs> it's in I'm shambles. So sorry, and um, mm. Rebecca and I rack our brains at mm. where pregnancy nausea comes from because some women mm-hmm. don't experience it. Yeah. I had some theories before I got pregnant since it had taken me so long that had to do with mineral deficiencies and things like that. So yeah. I did all of these things to hopefully try to prevent it. Yeah. Clearly, none of that worked. So now I'm like, I don't know, but. I was thinking about, as you were talking, the best guess that I have is that the nausea has to do with hormones, you know, the estrogen and the progesterone Mm -hmm. that your body needs to sustain a pregnancy. And I have been having a little bit of issues with my progesterone. Mm -hmm. Um, but as you were talking, I have for the past few months that I've been pregnant, pretty much like shut myself up in a hole like the <laughs> away to die in my bed and I never <laughs> see the sun for months because I just am so sick. Like I gotta yeah. be in here somewhere I can yeah. throw up. Mm-hmm. And so as you were talking, I just kind of like felt inspired. Like mm-hmm. I have been so hoping I would feel better being in Mexico. Like we've been looking yeah. forward to this tri- trip since before we got pregnant. Yeah. But I'm like, you know what? While we're there, I'm gonna watch a sunrise yeah and i'm gonna try to implement some of this like sun healing and yeah maybe that could help me with do it this nausea and then i guarantee you i'll i'll um <laughs> i'll let you both know how it goes when i tell my husband <laughs> hey so i want to wake <laughs> up and watch the sunrise <laughs> Can <recharge> my mitochondria <laughs> There she goes again.
0: Here we go. Here we go. It's <laughs> gonna be like this. Sit now. You better tell him that you want to do it every day, morning and afternoon. Uh, you that you guys are gonna rise and sleep with that, the sun.
3: Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. Record his reaction. I mean, I do have to say that it is such it's such a beautiful experience to live. Like there is not, there's yet to be a sunrise where I'm not fascinated because I'm just like, I cannot believe that this thing gets like, it just knows what to do. And even when you look at the story of Christianity, it's so beautiful because the winter solstice is the story. It's the same story because on December 21st, That's the winter solstice. The sun will stand still on the horizon for three days. And it's the three darkest days of the year. And then on December 24th, the sun will pass from the Southern hemisphere back up into the Northern hemisphere, and it will begin bringing back the vitamin D nutrients to the Northern hemisphere. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, like the story is even written like in, in the sun, like it, it mirrors the same story. And so Even just looking at all of the synchronicities of all of it is just, it just makes me uh, all the more in awe, like of God, because I don't, the place where I feel God the most is in nature. Like, I just can't not look out at the perfection of this earth. And I know that there's so many things being done to thwart it, but it's like, good luck. Yeah. Like, good luck with that. Yeah. I I I know it's not gonna work out for you, but like I mean, maybe I can give you some credit for trying, like, (laughs) like like because that takes an extraordinary amount of faith. Um, but like even just how how is it that the animals know? Like, how did the bears know? Oh, okay, it's time to hibernate. Like, the fact that everything is so it's in, to me, it's in a melody. Like it's just perfectly arranged. It really is. And
0: that was actually a question we wanted to ask you was, what did your journey to better health teach you about God? And it sounds like a lot of it was this.
1: It really was this because it, I guess the best way that I can say is that it made me feel or it helped me feel so much more safe like actually held like in the palm of God's hands because everything just makes so much sense. And like, when I look out at creation, there's not a single detail that doesn't fit. Like every single thing is perfectly designed. And I think that what it also made me realize is, oh my gosh, like we really are given like a massive foul stench of amnesia to have us forget like you really are fearfully and wonderfully made and you can you can actually trust you can trust your body like you can actually trust that it's it's beautifully made and yes there are interventions yes there are things that you can do but like if somebody outside of you who is in any shape or form, a practitioner, I don't care if it's a therapist or if it's a doctor, whoever it is, if they are not reminding you of that and empowering you of that, maybe, maybe check that <laughs> because yeah. Yeah. it's really important. Like we're here for such a short period of time. Don't waste your time hiring somebody who isn't going to help you remember. Yeah. 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 Like absolutely. life is too short. It's too short. And it's also too hard. Like, you don't need somebody telling you that you're a problem that needs to be fixed and your body is broken. Yeah. That's horrible.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Carrie, we could literally talk to you all day. In fact, we do. But <laughs> today we did it on this podcast. Is there anything that you wanted to leave listeners with? And, or how can people find you?
1: Okay. So I'll answer the second question first. So people can find me on Instagram. It's just Carrie Flanagan. And then the number three, that's it.
0: That's it. Carrie Flanagan three.
1: (laughs) And then you'll get to hear her beautiful voice. Yes. Yes. Your music. And I think the thing that I just want to remind people of is that you really are fearfully and wonderfully made and there isn't a blemish in you and that you really can trust your body and that you are worthy and deserving of living a beautiful life and even if you're bedridden even if you feel like you can't take another step just pull open your curtain and just look out at the trees and understand that you it will things will get better for you but it first starts with you and you get to make that decision.
3: Mm.
0: Wow. Like very, that. very astute, Carrie, and beautiful. I love it. <laughs> thank you for being here with us. Oh we my gosh. You.
1: Thank, thank you for having me. This was like, this is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> So <laughs> much oxytocin just flo- oh. floating around.
0: Yeah. Oh, so exciting. And thank you to those listening. Thanks for tuning in and for being on this journey with us. If you'd like to follow along outside the podcast, you can join the mission on Instagram at the radiant mission or on Facebook, the radiant mission podcast on YouTube. You can see us live joking around. And today I would like to close with Psalm 121, verses five through seven. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your
2: shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. Thank you,
0: Rachel. Wishing you all a radiant week and we'll see you next time.